Welcome back, everybody. Museful Chaos, the podcast. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we hope you are having a wonderful week. We're back at you with another podcast. Something very exciting. Something we consider ourselves experts. How to be a mom. Well, not how to be a mom, but the truth of these two, two moms. moms. We really should have the kids weigh in on this later. Oh, that would be What's cute. What's it like to have two moms? That... That which, is a that which is one do you think would be like? Well, I, think... I wish I had a dad. <laughs> oh, so many of them. So today's well, episode, funny. we're gonna take you through what it's like um, to have two moms. How the truth of having two moms in Absolutely. this household. I think there's a lot of questions that just in general. I think people automatically assume if you're gay, you're an open-minded conversationalist. Okay. Like, come on up and ask me anything. Okay. Um, I mean, really? How many times have you been asked how we conceived our children? That's a common question. Well, how did you, <laughs> ma'am? <laughs> Sir? I, I mean, it's just, you know, so oh, I, luckily. Your, your baby's so cute. How did you? How, how did, did you, you make that him? baby now? Right. I mean, luckily, we are quite open-minded and not easily offended. Right. Um, yeah. At least I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to share those informa- those pieces of information. But mm-hmm. people ask us the strangest questions. Especially yeah, when invasive. we're out. With family. Well, you two are sisters, right? Nope. It's 2021. We're Mm -hmm. married. Very gay. Very gay. And then the list goes on. So I think we're going to take them through some questions of those. Yeah. And we have a lot of people that are friends with us or, um, you know, who see us, you know, in the daycare or um, anywhere and see us as a family and probably, um, you know, wonder these questions. So we're just going to give you the um, exclusive access. Problem solved. To... um, (laughs) All the much-anticipated questions that you probably have. So, um, let's just let's just dive start. Right yeah, and dive w- right I in. I will. There. I will. Maybe we should put out a little disclaimer. I am not answering these questions for all lesbian couples. Not all two mom oh, families. This probably. Is this us. is just for us. Yeah. So this does not necessarily take this information pertaining to all of your lesbian friends because it's probably not accurate. Yeah. Just for us. Yep. So, question number one: Who's who? We get a lot of questions on, like, how do you decipher? How do your right. kids? Are you call both you? moms? Yeah. Um, how do you tell which which person the kid is is asking for? Right. Um, so at some I, at the beginning, in the beginning, how yeah, did we I decide think so. this? Okay, so I think it happened when we both came into the relationship. I, at least I know Tanner called me mama, and you and Jackson called you mama, and so as I think it was just kind of like it naturally occurred or organically happened that Tanner began calling you mama okay. because Jax did and kind mm-hmm. of mimicked the older brother sort of thing. And I, I think it just kind of stuck and I just became mommy. Yep. But for like our family or people that we know that kind of get stuck on, how do I remember that um, from a day to day? I always tell everybody like a cheat sheet. My name ends in a Y. So does mommy. So Ashley, mommy. And you're Mackenzie, M-A, so mama. Yeah. For people who out there, you know, like don't necessarily so mama, know us regularly. Mommy. Mama, mommy. It's very easy to decipher who the kids are talking about because yes. they just use and those. And mama seems to be something that can continue as they grow. Mm-hmm. I've learned mommy gets shortened to mom after they reach a certain age. Okay. So I'm no longer mommy. It's Aww. not cool to be called mommy anymore. I'm just mom. That's but mama okay. seems like it's age... Restriction free. Yep, Jack still calls me yep. mama. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yep. So that's that. Um, how did you choose? Well, that's kind of the same thing. How did you choose? Right. I think the kids be chose. Who? I think I think that the kids chose. I mean, mm-hmm. once the other younger children came, it was already in place. Yeah, so I think the older kids kind of established that mm-hmm. for themselves. Okay, so this is an, an interesting one and um, one that we get a lot of a lot of the times. Yeah. How did you decide who Would which care. one was going to carry? Yeah. So when we first met, we obviously came into the relationship with two kids already. So we already were moms and we knew that we wanted more kids. Absolutely. Um, that wasn't in our minds right away when we met. Um, but eventually we decided we wanted to make a family. family. And that I I don't even I don't remember how how it happened but I remember having a conversation with you about it just like when we again it was kind of like laissez-faire there wasn't any like stress to it I think it came naturally um I know that we both when we had our first child weren't necessarily done having children um and so when we sat down to have a conversation you had expressed the interest in caring and I was in more of a predicament, so to speak. So I share custody of Tanner 50-50 with his father. Yes, that's why. Um, And knowing going forward, Jackson was with us pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't really leave our home. So we knew that the next child that we would have together wouldn't leave the home, obviously, either. And so for me, I didn't want my then three, four-year-old, by the time we started having children, um, confused as to why he was the only child who had to leave the home if I had another child. So I just kind of opted out. And then as we continued Mm -hmm. having children, it was really important for us to have them biologically related um, and have the same donor and the same mama yeah carrie so we just kept with you yeah and it's not i've i have wanted to see you you pregnant and so you have done surrogacies and so i've still gotten to see her pregnant um so that's been that's been great but yep that's we chose for me to carry um you know mainly for tanner and, and you carry um, amazing. I don't think that he, I mean, in this day and no, right hindsight. now. Yes. Um, or, you know, Ford, you know, when Ford was born, he would have cared if you would have um, carried mm-hmm. a child. But I think, like you said, by that time, we wanted everybody to be, mm-hmm. you know, blood related. Um, it just, it that's just how we wanted it. Was, it was, right. So, and I don't, th- like, I, like you said, I don't think going and looking back on the situation that Tanner would have had a terrible time with it. I think it would have just been natural and normal for him. That was his life. Um, but we made the choice we made and then we just kind of stuck with it. Right. Yeah. So obviously we use a donor, um, for our children. And so one of the questions we, we get asked is, do the kids ever ask why they don't have a dad? Um, do they know how we made them? Right, their little story. So, um, yes and no. Right. Um, we Grayson, our oldest together, has asked um, many times why he doesn't have a dad or that he wants a dad. Um, when our kids have gotten into elementary school, I've noticed that Grayson and Ever, um, who've been around um, their friends who mainly have heterosexual households, mm-hmm. a mom and a dad, or um, maybe not even in the same house, but they, they have they a mom, have mom and, and a dad. dad right. Um, they, they come home and they ask, um, I, or, or say, I want a dad. I want a dad. I want a dad. Mm -hmm. I want to do this stuff with my dad. I want to go, um, you know, do this and this and that. Um, our kids don't have a lot of male influence. No. Um, besides their, their brothers. They live in a predominantly strong female 
right. run family. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, that's that's a tough one for, for the boys um, is, is you know, I think that they, they think about that. Um, and, you know, when they see Tanner being with right. his dad that's what all I was the time, yeah. you know, they, they kind of get curious about this. Um, well, but I think, it's never caused any, like, serious issue. No, or, like, it's serious, always been like, kind of... Like, oh, I'm going to sit and cry that I don't have a dad. Right. That's never happened. It's just been kind of like a in the moment. Uh-huh. Like, kind of like, why don't I have a tricycle? Right. I don't know, just because you don't. You know, right. like, kind of thing. Instead of it being so heavy, it doesn't seem to weigh heavy on them. I think the majority of it is, just like any child, if they're missing anything, they want what they don't have, right? Yeah, so if exactly. they don't have a chicken in their backyard, they really want a chicken. Mm-hmm. Or they don't have a cat, and they really want a cat. Like, right. it's... It's not so much as they're missing something. It's just something they don't have. And they're curious about why not and how do I get one and right. what does it mean to have one. And right. Exactly. Yeah. So the as far as their creation story goes, um, Grayson's getting to an age where he knows, um, you know, that a, a baby is made more than a stork um, bringing it to your doorstep. <laughs> So, I mean, I think as it, it, as the years go on, the younger and younger, they're getting exposed to knowing things they shouldn't know. Um, but so they know that they have a seed. We have a seed guy what is what it. he yeah. has been coined and that he has given us the seeds to make our family. Mm-hmm. So it's a very um, easy story to tell all of them. And um, they just, I mean, they know that there is a seed guy out there and they don't really ask an- any more Mm-mm. questions than no. that at this time. And in I the think f- it'll happen in I the think... future. Right. In the future, I, I do know that we, we have an agreement with our seed mm-hmm. guy that, um, you know, when they want to know him, that that, that will doors be facilitated. Open. Yep, that door's um, open. So, well, and I think we we jokingly make it so simple still. You know, we don't make it this complex thing because it really isn't. Um, we I've joked with even Ever or Gray as we were baking a cake and we ran out of flour. Like, we didn't yeah. have flour and he yeah. had flour and we needed it to make our cake. It, it's that simple. They just knew we didn't have an ingredient we needed and so we found it. They don't really ask much more questions beyond that. And I think, yes, as they grow up and mature, they're going to want to know. But right. that will be an easy conversation because we've been so open and transparent mm-hmm. about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've carried all the kiddos. Um, and so you might be wondering how, as another mom, mm-hmm. has it been to watch me carry all yeah. of our children and watch me breastfeed our children and and you not being the one that they're growing inside your womb you know you're almost in like a a father position right um or an so, adopted mother right or, yeah so yep. so how are you able to still have the connection with them or how was it you know was there jealousy right. um i think that going into our first i was so euphorically excited that I didn't even consider any of those. I think my biggest fear going into Grayson's birth was legally, right? At that point, it wasn't legal for me to sign his birth certificate. I wasn't viewed as the mother, which is a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think I was afraid. Was I going to be enough for him? Was he going to view me that way? This was not knowing at all how it was going to pan out. I didn't ever have any moments of jealousy of you carrying. There's been a few moments along the years of not being able to breastfeed again. Mm-hmm. Um, just because as a surrogate, I don't breastfeed. I pump, but I don't breastfeed. So I think that there was those moments where I'm like, oh, 
that bonding that moment because they're instantly bonded to you. They they know my sound too, but they know your sound. Mm-hmm. You know, they know your smell. They breastfeed from you. So I feel I have always earned, I guess, so to speak, my bond with our children, but never jealous um, because it just felt right. It was mm-hmm. what our family did. I think that I wasn't ever nervous once I had gray. I wasn't ever nervous to feel enough for them. I'm like try to tell somebody they're not my children because, you right. know, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll run past you to get to me for comfort right. or, you know, <laughs> exactly. so I, I think that we, I don't, I feel like with our children, I tell them they grew in your uterus, but they grew in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever really think about the fact that they didn't grow in my body um, unless it's brought up like point blank, black and white. And then I'm like, no, you didn't grow in my body, but I was there and you grew in mom's or mm-hmm. you grew in my heart or what have you. It doesn't feel as a person who has carried a child for myself as my own biological child, a child I've carried for someone else that's not my biological child and being a parent to my children that were not carried by me. Um, as a mom, I don't think a mother's love knows constraints. I really don't. I don't think there are boundaries in which you can love. I don't feel like one child is more my child because he's biologically related to me Mm -hmm. or one that I wasn't there for his birth, so he's not more my child. I feel the same amount of love for all of them. I feel the same amount of patience tested by each of them. They're just my children, you know? So it's not not any different when you had Tanner versus when we had... Apart from being able to feel the kick inside Mm -hmm. your own body, no, I love them all the same. I think that there's no right way to become a mom. You just are. And I would say it has to be the most, single-handedly the most beautiful thing to witness is to be a mom and to have, have a baby with my partner who is another mom and watch how you've interacted with all of our children as if you legitimately gave birth to that child and now I am so jealous of your relationship with half of our children because they prefer her (laughs) and I'm just like didn't I just get one up on her (laughs) for for them (laughs) growing inside my body it doesn't work that way biology really has nothing to do with whether or not you're a parent and no, and, and on that note, sorry to interrupt, no, but on that right. note too, when we lost our son, people automatically checked in on her with me, assuming that the loss was greater for the biological mom. And they, I don't think they ever meant it in a way of disrespect. I don't think they even acknowledged it. Just like sometimes people are like, well, he's better off with God. Is he? Right. You yeah. know, so I One think there's things. never a right thing to say. So I think that for those out there, don't, never say that. Never say that to the father or the other mother because, or an adopted mother that loses right. a child. There's never a right way to become a parent. If you love that child and you're invested in that child, they're your child. It doesn't matter how they came into your life, if you birthed them, if you have a biolog- or a biological connection or not. It doesn't matter. They're your child. And with or without them, mm-hmm. you love them, you know? I remember when we were pregnant with Grace, and I do remember you saying that um, you were scared on Mm -hmm. whether or not um, the baby was going to bond with you or was Mm going to have a connection with you. Um, So I'm just, it's, it's just been wonderful to watch it, 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 that like unknown happening. And then it, it, your dreams have to have been surpassed. Absolutely. 100%. That it's it's worked out um, with, with every child. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so let's see. Who's the strict one? <laughs> I was going to say, and being that you touched on the, on the they prefer me, I find that funny because I am strict. They do prefer I you. am more strict. I am very particular about my expectations of our children. And I, I think that I still play well and like love hard, but I don't. Yes, you do. I all set those. firm boundaries, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so they know that when they want to rent a movie or want to <laughs> buy this or it's want a treat. Mommy, where's you, mama? Right. Who do you come to? <laughs> mommy or mama? It's always me. Um, but I've I've noticed that, that through the years as I'm like, you know, finding myself as a mom, I think being a mom is a growth oh, day absolutely. by day. And I'm at this point finding myself. I don't. I don't want to be somebody who just rolls over for my kids all the time. I don't mm-hmm. think it's doing anything for them and their right. character in the future. So I try to be strict or hold some sort of boundaries in life with them lately. Yeah, there, the there's really was no coming laid. back <laughs> from the Mary Poppins mother. It's it's you're that way, or you're not. And it's. I mean sometimes when I'm like okay this is your last last chance and then you know you raise your voice at that at that point in time because no one no one listened to you when the you were Batman talking voice comes out like right no right. one no one listened to you and they just laugh I mean honestly or they'll look at me mama why what are is you young with you <laughs> I'm like are you serious even people? even with our niece like we laughed because the other day she was having a conversation with us she's seven almost eight and I re- she was sitting across the couch from me, you, and her mother. And we were joking about if we all lived together and things like that. And she was talking about how we're just the cool moms. Apparently, we are cool moms. And I said, yeah, but when you get in trouble, who do you have to talk to? She's like, you. <laughs> right. Because they know, like, if, if, if Ashley comes downstairs or if mommy comes downstairs, the party's over. <laughs> yep. So she's definitely the strict one. Yep. I'm definitely the easy one. Um, but, but like you said, as you are the strict one, you are still the one they prefer because you play like a kid 100%. And, you, and you love with everything you have. Um, so I mean, I, I, I I'm in awe of you as a parent. So there's that. Um, okay. So, uh, um, is there one of us that has been more of a primary caregiver than the other? Yes. I from have, uterus. have been a stay-at-home mom with them since, well, basically since Jackson was born. I'm going to say I may or may not have dabbled in some schooling or um, work, but I, I mainly Primarily, yeah. have stayed home with So essentially everybody. you've had a baby connected to your breast for 13 and a half years. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long decade, <laughs> but... But, I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I was fortunate enough for us to start a business where that allowed me to stay home with every single child. And, you know, I, I'm if, if there's no greater gift that any mother could ever have, it's having all the time in the world with your little one. When well, and I think let's born. not underplay that being a stay-at-home parent is, is a challenge. Um, if this year alone has not taught many parents that mm-hmm. um, act of being a stay-at-home parent and juggling work. Because, I mean, you do answer emails and our Facebook and all oh, yeah. the things. So you do work from home I as well. I had many hats. Have I know that didn't hats. come right away, but it mm-hmm. eventually set in. And, um, you know, then obviously all the housework that comes with being home and preparing meals for children and 
And then just keeping them entertained. We we continue continue to to have them. them. Yes. So I think that like one of the things as a parent on the other side of things, being out and working and only having so much time is when I am with them by myself or I'm parenting solo, I have always strived to have your level of patience. And I think that over the years I've tried to grow to aspire to be Mary Poppins as we've coined you because I see just the difference in their eyes. Like I used to be a yeller. I was, especially after Mavin's passing, I was angry and hurt and I manifested that in an ugly way. Um, And it took a long time of self-growth and reflection and a lot of meditation and yoga Mm -hmm. to figure out how to be a better parent. But just watching the difference in how they would respond to you versus me in those in those dark years was something that I I admired in you, your patience and the way that you spoke to them and your gentle touch. And like I I remember thinking to myself a pivotal moment in changing who I was as a as a mom in those years was was thinking to myself, how is there is their image of me in their adulthood. I wanted it to be how I envisioned how they'd view you with a gentle touch and like a a warm embrace and a soft way to talk something out. And I wanted that too. So I admire you. (laughs) Thank you. I think that every mom has has a moment of of motherhood where you maybe wish that you could have done something better. So it, it, it is a constant growth and it I mean, nobody's perfect. There is no perfect mother out there as long as you are loving them with every single ounce that you have and giving your best at all times, you're being the absolute best When you yell because they're toddler assholes during the day and then they fall asleep and you cry because you could have done better. I know. It's it's, (laughs) the struggle is real. Okay, so what is your, what is our biggest challenge and biggest strength as having, as being a two mom household here? I go first or? I think that, I don't think that's specific to being two women. I don't know of a challenge apart from our cycles coordinating and our poor daughter who definitely will one day. I don't really think that there's necessarily. It's the emotions. Right. I mean, yes, but I don't think that that's necessarily a a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I think that as in any two parent household, there's strengths and weaknesses that we each bring. And there's um, always like opportunities to have a conversation to do better or compromise better or you know like you have difference in opinions on how to raise children and those always come up so I don't necessarily think that's two women we don't know how to aim a penis when we're teaching our children how to pee this is true most recently they've been told to sit down in Mm -hmm. fact we can get into that another time yeah so in (laughs) in a, a household that is generally consisted of boys at the moment I would say probably the biggest challenge as a two-mom household is how to teach them in puberty (laughs) um, and and peeing and and these things that we don't really understand as a woman right like we um, don't know how it feels trying trying to relate but but I'm I'm only I'm only assuming that they're gonna have a one-up having two moms um, 100% as they become men and the the strength of having a two-mom household I mean come on Two moms. Two moms. We do all the housework. We do all. Yeah, they live in a really clean house. <laughs> I mean, everything. It, it It's great. I mean, and. And two embracing emotional yeah. people who can sit down and like, like I said, yes, there was some time where we went through where I was a yeller, but we're not a yelling family apart from trying to get over the rage of laughter mm-hmm. when you try to get somebody's attention. But other than that, we are more of a conversationalist, emotional family. We sit down and address and name emotions when we have to work through mm-hmm. something. 
and we accept mistakes as a form of growth you know just like we talk right. about in motherhood they're going through growth too and we as as women um I'm not saying all men are are not like this but we tend to show our emotions on our sleeve and i think that we're creating an environment for our kids um to Especially be comfortable sons. in sharing emotions mm-hmm. in an in a day and age where um hiding emotions or and feelings are is becoming excruciatingly however you say that important yeah um with well, you mental know, health, the rate of right. yeah, how mental health is yes. playing out in well and in not the world hiding today. it we kind of are trying to change the verbiage of um showing emotion is no longer a weakness it's a strength knowing mm-hmm. when to ask for help knowing to let it out because yeah. it's a release and it makes you feel good even if that means you have to hide like mm-hmm. i'm a closet crier i will go and hide in our closet and cry and i've taught our eight-year-old that that's an acceptable thing to do if you need to hide in a safe place to let out your emotions then that's okay yeah. but in your home and with your moms that is a safe place mm-hmm. so all in all that's the truth about these two moms <laughs> and um, if we didn't answer questions and you still have them fire them at us yeah we're, we're willing to share We'd love to answer your questions so you guys have a spectacular day and thanks for joining us um again on this journey we'll see you next week Bye.